Welcome to church. We're glad you're here. We hope today is a life-giving experience for you. Uh, we're thrilled that you're with us. It's going to be a good day. Uh, we want to read a scripture together. Uh, fill this place with God's word, but I need you to read it in your big girl, big boy voices. Let's read it nice and strong. It's in Psalms 144, verse 15. It's on the screens. Can we read it together? Let's read it out loud. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Today I want to bring a message to you entitled, God Wants Me Happy. Turn to your neighbor and say, come on, get happy. Tell them, get happy, get happy, and then you can be seated. Thanks so much for singing with us. Man, we're glad you're here. Uh, if you would, grab your, grab your cell phones, your tablets, whatever you brought, and uh, join me at faithchurchks.org. We want to let you follow right along with us as uh, we get into the message today. God wants you and me happy. We're in a series called God Never Said that God never said that. Where are um, all of my fellow parents in the room? Make some noise if you as a mom and a dad. My kids have, um, we, we have three kids. My kids have discovered that uh, when I say things like maybe, they've discovered that that means no. Anybody with me? Uh, my, my kids have learned that if I say, well, probably, they're going to go ahead and take that to mean yes. Uh, when I say, uh, um, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't have an answer I'm ready to commit to yet. What they think I mean is come ask me every two minutes until I give them a definite answer. Sign it in blood, Dad. Come on, let's go. I think sometimes uh, we say one thing, but often it means something else. And I hope this series, God Never Said That, has been helpful to you. If you've missed some of them, go to the Central Hub and later this week, and you can listen back to all of the messages that, that we've preached. Uh, but I hope these messages have been helpful to you because we've been taking these phrases, these sayings, these things that we say, but God never said. We, we have these phrases like what we're going to look at today, God wants you happy. God wants me happy. We say that, and I think sometimes if we're willing to peel back the layers, we might actually mean something more than what we're saying. We, we mean more than what we're, what we're saying, and, and that's kind of what we've been doing is kind of peeling it back. See, when you say God wants me happy, what I think what many people mean is this, that God wants me to get what I want. If God wants me happy, then that means I'm going to get what I want. When we say God wants me happy, we, we tend to really think, if we're willing to be honest, we might be willing to, to admit that when we say that, what we really mean is if it makes me happy, it must be good. And if it makes me unhappy, it must be ungood. That's bad grammar. But bad grammar makes me happy, so whatever. <laughs> Kidding. We think that if it makes me happy, it must be God's will. If it makes me unhappy, then it must not be God's will. We, we, we wouldn't think that, we, we think that if, it, if it's difficult, 
if it's trying, if it's contrary to our preferences, if, it's, if it means that we have to take a risk, if it means that we are delayed and have to wait, if it's not right now, we, we think that if it requires suffering or inconvenience on any level, then it must not be God because it doesn't make me happy. Waiting for trains doesn't make me happy. Must not be God's will. We have all of these things that we frame our everyday decisions around this idea of if it makes me happy, it's good, and I should do it, and I should have it. And if it makes me unhappy, then I shouldn't do it, and it's not from God, and it's evil, and I should speak out against it and get mad about it and avoid it at all all costs because God wants me happy. But if we're not careful, we live with this pursuit of happiness in such a way that actually means that if we're not comfortable, if we're not making loads of money, if we're not experiencing pleasure every day of the week, and if we're not doing what we want when we want it, then it must not be God. But the problem is we're actually worshiping a false God because God never said that. And even to our shame, we, we think about things like when we get revenge on an enemy, that makes us happy. When, when we indulge in greed and lust, it makes us, it makes us happy. So we continue to do it. When, when we can pick fights and win arguments, it makes us happy. Feel satisfied in that. Leaves us with this endorphin running in us. It makes us happy to win those kinds of things. And so we, we continue to do them. And we are in this pursuit where we think that God wants me happy. Friends, I, I got to be honest. Uh, God does delight in you and me. Like a loving father who sees his kids with smiles on their face. Man, God delights in that. He's a good God. He absolutely loves you, delights in you, and wants the best for you like any good parent would. But that doesn't mean that the goal of God is to make sure you're happy. It doesn't mean that he's some vending machine where you could punch in the right prayers and get E4 and everything that you want drops into your life. Like God is some vending machine waiting to, to bring you what it is that you're craving in this moment because you need to be happy after all. And we have this idea, we've convinced ourselves that God wants us happy, but, but I don't really believe that happiness is actually the goal of God in your life. See, here's, here's the big idea today. And if you're taking notes, you can, you can write this down. And if you're not taking notes, uh, steal a pen that you almost sat on and write this down. Uh, happiness is a result. It shouldn't be the reason. Happiness is a result of things in our lives, 100%. That, that's not wrong. Where we cross a line is where happiness becomes the reason that we make the choices that we make. When we start making happiness the goal and the aim and the to borrow a phrase from our forefathers, the pursuit, then we've missed the point. Because God never said he wants you happy, but he did say he wants you blessed. Can I get, can I get greeky for just a minute? 
see what I did? That was funny because uh, I said Greeky, and you thought I was going to meant geeky, and both could be applied, but you don't understand, and sometimes you hear something. I say one thing, but you think something else because sometimes we say things that we don't really know what they, they mean. You see, that was, that's why it was, it was funny. Let's go to the Bible. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, Jesus uses this word. He uses this word, Blessed. Now, if we're not careful, that could become like our Christian version of, oh, I, I love that. Right? Like, how's your day? Oh, it's blessed. Oh, what, how you feeling? I'm blessed. Hey, God bless you. I hope you have a blessed day. Be blessed. Or like we can use it for like apply it in any situation. Oh, I love pizza. Oh, I love your hair. Oh, my gosh. I love that game. Oh, I love my wife. Like it applies. Like we just use it willy-nilly. But I don't think we really understand what the word blessed means. See, in, in, in the New Testament... Uh, blessed comes from the Greek word makarios, makarios, not makarena, different word, makarios, makarios, and it means this, the word blessed means this, supremely blessed, more than happy, more than happy. It's a, it's a graced word that expresses the special joys and satisfaction. It expresses the special joy and the special satisfaction that's granted to a person who has experienced salvation. Blessed. It, it's beyond happy. It's this deep satisfaction that goes beyond any moment or experience. It's something that carries with you beyond an emotion, all because you have encountered salvation and the living God, and that person is blessed. And Jesus uses this word in uh, Matthew chapter 5 at the beginning of uh, what is arguably the most famous sermon ever preached. The most famous sermon ever preached was preached by a man by the name of Jesus, as it should be. Jesus preached a sermon that we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount, uh, because he taught it likely from a mountain. It's ingenious, right? Like, man, how incredibly accurate is this sermon title? Uh, and so the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses this word blessed uh, multiple times, and he's using it, but he's like crisscrossing two things. It's like a paradox. He's saying one thing, but then the example that he ties it to or the thing that he ties it to doesn't really seem like it would be blessed. And he does it eight times, and we're going to read through it, and you're going to see kind of what Jesus is trying to help us understand as it relates to how he wants you to live blessed, but that doesn't necessarily mean he wants you to be happy. Why? Because uh, happiness is a great result, but it's not the right reason. And we're going to see it play out in the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, Starting in verse, verse 3, Jesus starts and he says this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. For they get the kingdom of God. In other words, blessed are the people who depend on God in full. Because they're the ones who inherit something cool. They're the ones that are blessed. He goes on, blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. In other words, blessed are the people who have experienced a broken heart. Because they get to be close and comforted by God himself. Those people are blessed. 
Those people are blessed. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In other words, blessed are the people who have no pride and no trace of selfish ambition because they get full access to God. Because God resists the proud, but he gives to the humble and he invites them in. That person's blessed. The person who has no pride, no selfish ambition, they're the ones who are blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, blessed are those who are in deep pursuit of God himself. Because when you pursue God, you actually find satisfaction in life. That person's blessed. That person's blessed. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. In other words, there is this kindness that continually reciprocates and cycles through your life because that, that person is blessed. If people are kind to you, it's because there's a reciprocation of kindness that comes around and God says that person's blessed. Blessed are the, oh, I love this. Blessed are the pure in heart for they get to see God. Blessed are the people who have this purity in their heart and motives for they get to like meet with God face to face. That person's blessed. That person's blessed. Blessed are, 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 the, are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the people who know how to be at peace with other people who disagree with them because they will be confused and will say of those people, they're just like their dad. They look just like their father who is in heaven. See, when you live with a peaceable spirit, people will start to confuse you for somebody who loves God and is created by God and belongs to the family of God. That's the person who's blessed. And then finally in verse 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice what's not on this list. Blessed is the person whose 401k is blossoming. That's it. Blessed is the person who marries a spouse who treats them better than they deserve. That person's blessed. It's not on that list. I think it would be appropriate to, to link the two, but that's not what it says. Blessed is the person who can go buy a new car with leather seats that's both heated and cooled. Praise Jesus. It's not what it's, it's not what it says. Blessed is the person whose children obey on the first time, whose room is always spotless, who, who never gets anything wrong and always goes above and beyond without ever being asked by mom a second time. Not in there, but it sure would be nice. I got a couple amens. We'll pray for that later. Right? Like, like that's not what he said is blessed. Why? Here's what Jesus was trying to get us to understand is that there is a happiness that can outlast the high of any moment you experience. There is something that transcends your circumstance and situation that settles you in a place of satisfaction. There is something beyond happy that God wants to give you, and it's called blessed. And happiness is a result. It cannot be the reason. And many of us miss it. And the people who are listening to Jesus, they, they would likely miss it. See, because we think that, 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 that like them, that God wants me happy. But he doesn't really, he's not really after our happiness. As we see in this list. Persecution, not sure I'd be happy about that. 
A broken heart? No, thank you. Hungry? Eh, we're getting there. Right? Like, like those aren't the things that when I think of, like, oh, that's blessed. Oh, that's good. I want that in my, can I have two, please? Persecution? I'll take four. Right? Like, that's not what we, what we would pray for or pray about. And so there's this flip, there's this great reversal. See, because at the end of the day, God isn't wanting to make you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. God's not all about that life. He's not all about it. And many times our pursuit of happiness, when happiness is the reason why we're making decisions, we will make decisions that are unwise, unhealthy, and dare I say in the church, a sin. Now we think sin is like this, oh, it's this big word. Sin is actually a term used in archery that simply means you missed the mark. There's a bullseye and you missed it. That's what it means. Doesn't mean bound for hell. Doesn't mean you're the scum of the earth. It means you made a decision and a choice and it missed the mark of God's goodness, his life, and his pursuit of what he wants in his best in your life. You missed it. So take a different shot. Aim somewhere else. Quit aiming for happiness because you're missing the shot. You're missing the mark when you're living for happiness. When you're in pursuit of this happiness, when happiness is your goal, when happiness is your reason for doing everything, you will miss the mark and it will be unwise. It would be sinful. It would be be wrong for you. God's not looking for your happiness to be rooted in the things of this world. He's not after that. Because if your happiness is rooted in the things of this world, when the things of this world uproot from your life, you're no longer happy. And you change and you make decisions. See, when when you're unhappy in this marriage, I'm gonna get out of this marriage because God wants me, he wants me happy. I think there are biblical reasons for those kinds of things. It's for another subject on another day. It misses the mark. We, 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 we think that, man, God, God wants me happy, and so since I don't want to wait or delay, I'm going to go into debt again to get something that makes me happy in this moment, but it's unwise, and now I'm trapped because I wanted to be happy, and this thing was going to make me happy but now this thing is causing me headache and stress because I got to pay for said thing. And we're pursuing, we're pursuing, happiness is the reason that we do things. Since I'm, I'm not happy, my, my spouse, they're not meeting my, my, my needs. You know what I'm talking about, but needs? Like, hey, Barry White, hello. Like, needs. And because I have needs and it's not making me happy, I'm going to go look at something on the internet to meet my needs that's going to make me happy. I'm going to go watch this filthy movie, all 50 shades of it. And it's going it's to spark something inside of me that's going to satisfy an emotional need that I'm not getting met. And so I'm going to go find anybody that's going to listen to me and touch, touch me and help me and love me and see me, notice me. Don't you want to love me? And I'm, I'm going to do all of that because I need to be happy and it's my reason for everything that I do. 
why I watch what I watch and I listen what I listen to and I go where I go because I am trying to make myself happy. Happiness is a great, great result, but a terrible reason for, for life. Terrible reason to base your life on. Does God want me happy? No, God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed in all things. He wants you, he wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. He wants you happy. And sometimes we're not willing to wait for that true happiness. So, so we start dating around and meeting with anybody and everybody and moving in together and, and pretending marriage, but we're not married. And we do all these things because we need to be happy. We need to feel secure. And God wants me to have what I want, and I don't need this, and I need that. But, 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 but Bay, can I tell you that your boo-boo bear, he, it ain't going to make you happy because happiness is the wrong pursuit. It's a great result, but it's, if you do it, it becomes the wrong reason and motivation, and it causes us to do things that cross over lines that God put in our life to help us hit the mark of what actually is going to bring satisfaction that goes beyond the high of a moment and feeling loved and valued. It doesn't make us terrible people. It just means that we've missed a mark. We're aiming at the wrong thing. We've taken aim in the wrong way. And we're living and we're wondering why we don't feel satisfied and why our happiness is fickle. And we do things based on happiness, but happiness, it's a great result. But it's a terrible reason for our lives. And, and so we're sitting here, we're looking, okay, well, if, if, if God doesn't want to make me happy, but he wants to help me be blessed, and blessed is beyond happy, and, 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 and my goal and my aim shouldn't be happiness, my, my pursuit, my, my everything shouldn't be wrapped around happiness, then what should I do and how should we live? It's a great question. Let me offer two thoughts to help us in this process, two, two thoughts to help us discover and, and receive and, and connect into what God's best is, this, this blessed life that he has for, for us. Num number one, it's simply this. It, it, happiness, it, remember, it's, it's, a great, it's a great result, but not a great reason. So, so how do we walk? How do we live? Where do we go? What's, what's our focus? Here, here it is. Walk by faith not by emotional happiness. Make decisions rooted in faith, what God's word says, who he is, what he's promised. Don't make decisions based on your emotional happiness in a moment. Second Corinthians 5 verse 7 says this, we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not, not by sight. We live by what God says, what his standards are, not what makes us happy, not who we think that we are, not what we've been shaped by and told by our culture to think and act and do. No, we shape our lives. We base our lives on what is true of who God is and his character and his promises and his life. And we anchor to that and we walk according to that, not by the experiences, the changing of seasons, the situations that we walk through. We walk by faith, not by by sight. We, we want to walk in faith, not, not based on this emotional happiness. Here's the deal. Emotions, they're not sins. They're not wrong. They're not. Emotions aren't bad. Emotions are, are like the dashboard in your car. 
They're just revealing to you what's going on under the hood of your life. That's what emotions are. Emotions are telling you the truth about what you're feeling in a moment. Your emotions are telling you the truth about, about something. The problem is they may be telling you the truth about something that you believe. The issue is that what you believe might not be true. We, we live by faith, not by this emotional response. So, so your emotions are telling you one thing. You're trying to figure out who you are and, and what your purpose is and what is going to make you happy. And is this job the right job? Is this, this major in school the right major? Should I take this elective or this elective? Should, should I have these group of friends or those group of friends? Should we buy the house or not buy? You're trying to make all of these decisions. And when emotions get involved, they're going to tell you the truth about something that you believe, the problem is when what you believe isn't true. And so we make decisions and choices based on emotional reactions rather than the truth of what God's word says. Friends, I, I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm not really worried about our nation. I'm not really fearful of even the things that are taking shape in the state, quote unquote, of our community and our city. Are there things that are changing and shifting and moving and businesses and things? Yeah, absolutely. I see those things too. But I ain't living based on what I see. I'm living on something that's got me linked to something greater, something bigger, something stronger. I'm going to link my life to the promises of God, not to the personal feelings that I see in this moment. I know I could react right now, and a lot of us are reacting. The first thing you do is react, and you blow up, and you say your thoughts, and you give your peace of mind, and all of those things, and you can keep your, your nickel thoughts. I'm just telling you, what you see may be what you see, but what you see might not be true, because I'm not going to live based on some emotional circumstance, some emotional unhappiness or happiness. I'm going to live rooted in the fact that I've got a God who loves me, a God who's going to provide for me, a God who sees ahead and makes a way. A God that says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I, I might see sickness, but I'm not going to live with sickness. Why? Because his word says that by his stripes, I am healed. He's going to strengthen me, uphold me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm not going to be moved by what I'm seeing, what you're saying, because his word is true. And I'm going to anchor to that. And live my life like that. And base my walk in that direction. I'm not going to be all fickle pursuing happiness. Oh, happy over here. Happy over here. Happy over this way. No. Y'all are up and down, up and down. No wonder you got vertigo and migraines. Your emotions take you on a trip. Your emotions are great dashboards. They're great to help you realize what's going on. But they're a terrible guide to live your life by. That's why we got to anchor our life to Jesus Christ and walk by faith, not by emotional happiness. We've got to hear God's voice and value his voice more than the other voices surrounding our life. Some of us have been living a life based on what other people have told us, lies that have been whispered to us, identity things that aren't true of who God made us to be. You're living below your potential because you bought into a lie and somebody told you that this is what you were destined to do because great-grandmother and grandmother and mama and everybody's lived like this, therefore you're going to live like this. Baloney. God says something different. 
And if I can start hearing his voice, faith can start growing. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. It's not just meaning scripture. It means that there's a personal relationship with you that God wants to guide you on the personal like a personal coach to come and whisper life to you, whisper hope to you, whisper peace to you, whisper wisdom and tidbits and where you should go. He's the one who wants to guide your life like a good shepherd would guide the sheep. We listen for his voice, and when his voice becomes most important, we allow his voice to shape our life. People talking junk about you, people saying negative things about you, people putting you down and always degrading you and making you think something that isn't true of yourself. Stop listening to their voice. Their voice didn't create you, therefore their words shouldn't shape your life. And some of us are living lives based on what other people have said is true about us rather than getting a hold of God's word and discovering what God who created you said about you. We gotta walk by faith. Not by the things that we see, not by the situations that we get ourselves into, not by the emotions that are screaming at us. We've got to live by faith instead and anchor to something bigger than ourselves. Walk by faith, not by emotional happiness. You're going to have some emotions this week. They're going to come up. Monday morning rolls around. Don't live based on your emotions. If you go to work and perform like you feel, you keep showing up late, you keep dragging it, you just don't feel it, you let me know how that goes. Don't ask me for a reference. Right? Like, like it doesn't work. We can't live by, governed by, if it feels good, do it. If it's right for you, then it's right. No, we're going to live by faith. Not by the sights of the world and the systems and the things that we see. We gotta live by faith. We gotta live by something that anchors us beyond our emotions because your emotions are gonna blow in and blow out. And if you're not careful, you will blow up. So we anchor to something. We walk in faith, not, not by sight. Here, here's, the, here's the second thing. Here's what we do. If we recognize and we realize the truth that, that, that happiness is a great result but a terrible reason to make decisions, terrible reason to govern our life, terrible guide in our life. If we realize that and we're going to walk in faith, then not be walk in faith, not be guided by emotional happiness, and we're also going to do this. We're going to pursue him rather than pursue happiness. We're going to pursue God instead of allowing our emotions of happiness and pleasures to be our God. We're going to pursue our time with God not pursue and escape the problems so that we make ourselves happy again. We, we don't need to escape when we're unhappy. You, you don't need to go on Amazon and start buying up everything that you see. Using some shopping therapy to help you find happiness again. You don't need to escape to go fishing to get away from everything. Fishing ain't going to make it happy because most of the time you don't catch nothing anyhow. Right, like, like we use all sorts of things to escape our feeling of unhappiness, but that's because we're still trying to pursue happiness. When you recognize that the pursuit and happiness isn't what we're supposed to pursue, you change it and you pursue him in the moments even when you're unhappy, 
even when things get unsettled, even when you get a bad report, even when you don't feel it, even when you're not sure that you want to show up to church the next day because, ah, come on, it's Sunday. No, we're going to pursue him. We're not going to pursue happiness. We're going to pursue God and who he is and get along with him and encounter him. Because when we encounter Jesus, we find joy. We find hope. We find the things to help us persevere. We find encouragement. We find strength for tomorrow. You know what I love? Much like the story Clayton shared about the person who had given their life to the Lord last week. It was the first time since they were teenagers that they felt like God's presence for real. And they'd been longing for a place where they could actually feel like they belonged, that they were loved. They could laugh. You know why we hear stories like that? You want to know why when you do come to church, when you leave, you typically leave with a bigger smile on your face than you may have walked in? You, You want to know why? It's not because I'm so good looking. It might be true, but it's my lie. I can believe it if I want. It's not because, like, the chairs are so comfortable and you're not leaving because we have church in a former bar. It's like, hey, that's pretty cool. I like that. It's going to make me smile. Can't wait for communion Sunday. Pass it down, pastor. Let's go. Like, that's not why you leave happy. You want to know why you leave happy? Because Psalms 166 says, in God's presence is fullness of joy. You're here and you're in God's presence. You're among God's people. And joy is found when you're in the presence of God. But but that's not the only thing. See, Nehemiah tells us that the joy that comes from the Lord is our strength. Some of you have run out of strength by Wednesday because you've not gotten back into the presence of God on Tuesday. You're in the presence on Sunday. You walk out with joy that gives you some strength. But come Thursday, you're out of strength. Why? Because you haven't got back into the presence where you find the joy that gives you the strength. Joy is that protein shake that you need to give you the strength to face your day, to face your week, to face the unhappy and happy moments. It's the strength that you need to walk in faith, not by the emotional happiness. It's the strength that you need. It's only found in God's joy, and joy comes when you get in God's presence. So we're going to pursue him and not happiness. Because one will leave you empty, dizzy, feeling all sorts of wacky things. And the other one satisfies without a hangover. The other one satisfies without regret. The other satisfies without remorse. The other satisfies without ending in an argument. The other satisfies in a way that could never be satisfied any other way. So we're going to pursue Jesus. We're going to pursue God who loves us. We're going to develop a friendship and a relationship with him. And we're going to get into his presence rather than trying to escape all of the things. Sometimes you want to escape. We pursue him. Don't pursue happiness. We read it at the top. Psalms 144, verse 15. Happy, blessed. Happy or blessed 
Something that's beyond happy, that moves uh, a happiness that outlasts the high of a moment. Something that satisfies and never leaves you. It's always a part of you. Something that keeps you anchored no matter what you experience. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Not happy are the people whose God is riches. Not happy are the people who chase after their own pleasures, their own perspective. Not happy are the people whose children obey every time, the first time, without complaint. No, no. Happy are the people. Blessed are the people. The people who want to walk in faith, not moved by their emotions. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. I wonder if happiness hasn't been in your life because you've been basing your happiness as God rather than finding your happiness through God. We could have lots of gods in our life, but there's only one that offers you salvation. Today in water baptism, those, those four ladies and four in our first service who, who went public, they went public saying, I found something that satisfies, that is unshakable in me. There's a hope that goes beyond all things. It's found anchored in a person of Jesus who died for me, who saved me, who rescued me, who's changing me from the inside out. And I got to celebrate. I got to give him praise. I got to go public and say, my life isn't the same. I'm going to pursue Jesus, not pursue the happiness. That's what they did. Friends, who's God in your life? Are you your own God, calling the shots, governing it the way you want? Are you, are, are you pursuing happiness? Or have you made a decision to pursue God with everything that you have? And when you pursue God, one of the results, happiness, blessing, blessed, is the people whose God is Lord. Will you bow your heads? as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're, we're grateful for the truth that you spoke, the things, God, that you've stirred in us. God, I really do believe that there are many in this room who are having aha moments where, where we who, man, we, we love you. We've surrendered our life to you, but, but sometimes, God, we're, we're more ruled by our emotions than we are your word. We're, we're more ruled by the emotional happiness or unhappiness rather than the faith of what you say. And today, God, we want to start pursuing you more than we're pursuing happiness. And we're making that change today. If that's you, you say, Pastor, yo, that's it. I'm not going to pursue happiness. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to get anchored in the faith of who he is. You're a follower of Jesus, but you know, man, this is it. This is for me. I'm going I'm to make some shifts on focus and priority in my life. If that's you, we just put a hand in the air and say, yeah, this week I'm going to walk in faith. Not by hands are going up everywhere. I think there's so many of us who follow God. This is, this is our commitment today. God, you see these things. Give us the strength to walk in faith today. Not moved by the things that we see or experience, but moved by your spirit and power by what you say is true. May that be true of us, God, in Jesus' name. Still praying, heads bowed. I want to ask another question. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, Pastor Matthew, the, the truth is I, I've never made God the Lord of my life. I've been in the place of calling all the shots. I, I haven't surrendered to him. He's not been my savior. And I know that I need Jesus as my savior. 
I need him to come into my life, change me, forgive me, make me new. And I want to pursue him for the first time. I'm making a commitment. I want to follow after him. If you've never made that commitment, but you know you want to make that commitment today, or maybe you made that commitment when you were a kid, but you've lived some life since then. And today is a new day. It's a fresh start for you. You're saying, I'm restarting my faith in Jesus today. For the, It's been a long time, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to make him the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand up in the air? Say, yeah, I'm going to follow him. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them up just for a second. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody, can we pray this prayer together? We don't want anybody to pray by themselves. Can we all pray out loud these words? Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. For me, I believe that he died for me. He took the punishment for me. And I believe that he's the son of God. I give you my life. Take over be in charge. You be Lord and the ruler of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me new on the inside. Thank you for letting me be your son and daughter. I love you, Jesus, with everything. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Come on, that's so good.